Hey friend, welcome to Houston Made, a show where I, Rusty Gates, get to talk with local Houston-based entrepreneurs and business owners about what it's like to be in the middle of that journey and selfishly gain insights as I build my own businesses. Listen, this is, uh, I mean, I don't know what I would call Houston Made. I don't know if I'd call it a business per se, uh, a very expensive and time-consuming hobby, uh, a passion project. That's probably it, right? It's probably that kind of thing. Needless to say, I do check the the analytics, the statistics on this show. Uh, I want to make sure that people are tuning in and listening to it. One of the things that I can see uh, in those stats very generally is location data. And I, I mean, really, all I can see is kind of what city someone is listening from. Uh, and when I look at that, most of our listeners are in the States and within that, Texas. And then when that within that, Houston, which makes total sense because obviously that's where we're based and what we're targeting, et cetera. But there's also some surprising things that pop up every once in a while. For instance, uh, our overseas listeners uh, from Buenos Aires and Poland and France. Uh, so, you know, if you're one of those overseas listeners, thanks for listening. I just, I think that that's really cool. Uh, technology like this just makes me feel like we live in the future. So uh, the world is a much smaller place than we uh, like to think it is. But anyway, thank you all for for tuning in, whether it's from Houston or uh, from around the globe. Moving on, big news, very excited to share. I mentioned this last week. We now have a text community, a text message-based community way to interact with you, the listeners, because that's that's what I want here. We're trying to build community and all of that. So if you want to join the text message community like so many already have, all you have to do is text three letters HTX to the phone number 844-714-0275. Text HTX to the phone number 844-714-0275. And then you could be a part of the community. And what we'll use that for is to communicate with you and uh, let you know when uh, interviews go live, but also let you know of upcoming interviews so that if you want to ask questions, uh, if you want to submit questions to me to ask our guests while I'm doing the interview, you can do that. And you could actually participate in the show, which I think is going to be really cool and a fun way for us to build this thing up. Um, yeah. And then also you can like just text me and say, hey, and if you're one of those overseas listeners, please join the text thread and text me and say, hey, and say, hi, I'm listening from South America or uh, Europe or Asia or wherever, because that would be really, really cool. And it would make my day. And I'd love to hear about how you found this show. So uh, all that said, join the text thread, text HTX to the phone number 844-714-0275. I am thrilled as always. That's just kind of my I guess, uh, standard gear that I'm in, but I am thrilled to have uh, Micah Edwards returning to Houston made for a second episode, a second interview. Uh, Micah is a musician based obviously here out of Houston. He, uh, is known better by Mr. Texas soul these days. 
and he just released an album and a lot of life has happened since we connected. So I was just so excited to get a chance to sit down and talk with him again. So just listen in. It's a really wonderful conversation. Uh, Before we jump in, I will play a song off of uh, his newest album. The album is Jean Leon and uh, the song is Water and Oil, which is the opening track to the album. And I just love it. And I think in the first 30, 60 seconds, uh, you get a really good feel for what you're getting into just in this whole ride of an album. So I'll uh, I'll play some of that before we get into our conversation. But uh, without further rambling, listen in as Micah and I discuss the work that goes into producing a full length album, the lessons we've learned about selling merch, both do's and don'ts, and how art has a life of its own once it's released into the world. Papa was a man child, Jane took her own while, and appeared to run a happy home, while he left the bride and babies all alone. Mama was a fair child, fell in love with the juvenile, dreamed of a happy home, but she had to make it happy on her own. Texas soul uh, returning guest, the first real returning guest to Houston made. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me here in your your beautiful, beautiful home. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, man. Welcome. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> we, we can do Sorry, that. Sorry, it's not more glamorous. Uh, your, our standards are different because this is very glamorous. I would expect Mr. Texas soul to have like deer on every wall <laughs> and um, yeah. silk everything silk couches <laughs> so but, just on the way it's a matter of time yeah no yeah just keep streaming folks i'll get, get there get the get the downloads well man i am i am thrilled to be here i'm thrilled to get to talk with you again i very much enjoyed our last conversation and i know um in that time you've had a kid mm-hmm. you've released an album which was a, not a little undertaking um, y'all, I think either closed on the house or bought the house yeah. or moved into the house. So a lot has happened. A lot of, a lot of stuff. And, uh, so it makes sense to me that like, it's been a minute since we've gotten a chance to hang out, but here we are. So I'm thrilled for it. Um, so uh, people who haven't caught the first episode, what, let's just do it again. Let's rewind it back. Let's introduce yourself. Micah Edwards. Mm-hmm. Why do people call you Mr. Texas soul? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So that's something I, I just rebranded as. So I asked people to call me it and they said yes. So thankfully it went okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a singer-songwriter here in Houston, Texas. Um, I've been releasing music for three years. For, uh, two, of those, two of those years was just a lot of um, just like self-exploration on what kind of music I wanted to make, what kind of 
footprint I wanted to make, uh, just musically, uh, artistically. And a lot of that, it, it was, you know, sounded like everything from John Mayer to, to mm -hmm. Neo Soul. Um, and then I, I, well, I think it was 2020, 2021 yeah. yeah beginning of 2021 i was like you know it's it's time let's make a record because it's a big investment of time and resources and money yeah and um but i didn't want to just sound like another john mayer or leon bridges i wanted to do something that was unique to who i am and my personal tastes and that was combining my love for soul retro soul all that with um classic country like yeah. i love all country music yeah um and so i was trying to come up with you know what what do i call this sound it's not mm -hmm. i mean it's not super out there there is like southern soul and americana and all that mm -hmm. but i was like you know what texas soul has a nice little ring to it it wasn't it wasn't really used around the internet it was sure. it was a term used for soul artists in texas back in the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. so you know i saw my opportunity to make a name for myself and carve out a little niche yeah. for yourself. And it's gotten good feedback so far. So, I think so. Yeah. I think there is, um, <clears throat> I once asked a bunch of people to call me something specifically in the second grade. Uh, cause my name is actually rusty Joe and you know, in around that seven, eight year old, uh, age being named rusty gates is not great. So I came to school with all these kids who I've known for a really long time and it was like, hey guys, I want to go by RJ now. Mm. It did not go well. <laughs> no one called me that, at least not in a nice way. <laughs> oh, and I didn't, it was not a good branding experience. But I think to some degree, Rusty has always fit me very well. Uh -huh. uh, there's something about uh, older men who always want to try to call me Russ. Mm. or russell and i go no it's actually not that mm -hmm, my it mm -hmm. is my name is actually rusty and yeah. i would prefer to be called that now yeah but as a kid i was you know bouncing around i tell that story because i think there is something about naming a thing branding mm -hmm. all of that when we try to uh make something it's not mm -hmm. i.e rj <laughs> and uh hey. If you want to try for the rebrand, I, <laughs> I can jump on board. I'll support <laughs> you. Can hop, hop on with this one. Um, versus uh, finding words to to call out something that's already there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably why Mr. Texas Soul, Texas Soul fits so well for you. Because I think when people heard it, they go, yeah, that makes sense. Even if you had asked them to define it before, mm -hmm. I don't think maybe people would have had words for it. But to then say... Um, Micah Edwards, Texas Soul. Mm -hmm. You hear this sound, and they go, "Yeah, that's it." it so it kind of, I think it just always fit, and that makes sense yeah. to me. Uh, I'm not a, a musical guy, uh, Don, who's I guess what a PR press mm -hmm. lady for you. I'd reached out about reviewing the album, and it caused me so much insecurity because I was like, "I don't have the language for this. It's oh, good. <laughs> I love it. It's great." Uh, to talk about the musical terms in an eloquent way that I thought would help you sell records felt like <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do this. This is outside of, oh, yeah. but knowing like when you talk about it, I go, yes, I'm on board. And I think mm -hmm. that that makes sense. Yeah. The new album, Jean Leon, mm -hmm. right? 
we talked a, a good bit about that even before kind of the name was released at the last episode. Um, yeah. you were, you were in the, uh, pregnancy phase with this yeah. idea, this concept, maybe working out some songs and now it's here in the world. Mm-hmm. Even then you were kind of beaming with pride at what you had already made and it wasn't yeah. even done. <laughs> yeah. So how, how are you feeling now? It's not where I, I brought my vinyl album, which I purchased, uh, when it was released so that you could sign it. I'm, I love it, but how are, how are you feeling Thank now you. that it's out in the world? Yeah, it it feels as much like a kid as I've felt so far in my life. Like, you know, the pregnancy phase. Um, when I had it in my control, I was taking care of it. I knew how special it was. You got mm-hmm. all those things from our last interview. And now that it's yeah. out there, it's kind of like, you know, my kid's off at college, you know, living yeah. its own life now impacting other people in ways that I will not always see kind of, yeah. you know? um, but it's cool. Cause I, I, when fans do comment or people tell me what a song means to them, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like someone telling you like your kid, uh, impacted me in this way. Yeah. It's like, wow. Well, and that, that, that your kid is more than just your kid. Your mm-hmm. kid is like its own, your own person. And, yeah. uh, I, I like how far we're taking this analogy out and I, I feel like I want to keep running with it. But um, <clears throat> I, yeah, you're touching on this idea that when we make something like when we create art or anything, um, there's this time when which in which we have control and it's ours. But mm-hmm. then as soon as we throw it out to the Internet, it can be anything yeah. and it can take on a life of its own. Um, yeah. But but otherwise, it's it's touching people. How's how's I know we did talk about the journey you'd been on of chasing streams and getting on editorial playlists and stuff like that December 26th and how that was a really great campaign, but because of your own agenda at the time was a failure. Um, So how do you feel about this album? How do you feel about Gene Leon on this side of it? As far as obviously you seem to be really proud of it, are, is it, are you yeah. kind of just like, whatever it does, that's fine? Or is there a little bit of like, yeah, but we also want to sell some records here? Yeah, a um, little bit of both, but I, I don't want to... I'm sorry to hammer on this analogy of the kid Let's thing. Let's go for but it. Like, I'm just kind of laying back and, and mm-hmm. letting everything happen in its own time. I, I, yeah. I really believe in the songs and the album. And mm-hmm. what's really cool about the music experience these days is that the the life of a track is so much longer i guess like to discover it Mm. so people are still discovering moments my most popular song and that was put out like two years ago you know and i mean they see it on tiktok today and that's day one of their experience with that song and so i fully expect these songs that i poured my heart into to to reach someone and impact them uh, you know, next year, the year after that. And, um, I just, I believe in that. I believe in it so much that even though my kid may be figuring, figuring it out, uh, in their early twenties, I know once they get some, uh, get their, their boots dirty, they're gonna, um, you know, keep impacting people. Um, I had no idea how this record would connect with people because Mm -hmm. it's a very, it's the most personal, uh, take I could ever give at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the message got across and that's 
honestly all I was really concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I think, uh, you and I have connected a little bit on some of the similar similarities in our upbringings Mm -hmm. and why we turned out to be the kind, the unique kind of men that I think Mm -hmm. that we are fitting this, uh, a little, some little niches in, in this world. Um, but I think that I certainly uh, appreciated some of those elements. And I think I struggled with those words uh, to, to talk about the album, but saying like, oh, but I, I feel it, mm-hmm. right? That it just, yeah, it, it, I have like an emotive response to it. And yeah. I, uh, it does, it's, anyway, great album. Thank and people, people need to listen to it. Um, again, I know we could do this all day and I'm just, I like, I'm so just for the sake of our listeners, I got to like, they're okay. We got an interview here. What is this about? And the Houston made all of that. Right. So let's talk about the business side of it. And then we'll maybe get back to some of the stuff, <laughs> fluffy stuff that you and I will really enjoy. Um, but you talk about producing an album and obviously it costs a lot of time. So that makes mm-hmm. sense. We're songwriting. There's a lot of recording and edits and yeah. mixing and tracking. And I, I know some of these words, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> And then, but also there's a a real financial component to it. Can you walk me through like the process of saying, okay, hey, I I have 10 songs. Mm -hmm. They're ready in theory in the sense that I know what I want them to sound like. I've got my part, I've kind of got the parts maybe even written. Maybe there's music notes written on a page somewhere. Um, But now, but it's just me and I want to make a full album. How do I do that? Uh, yeah <laughs> and then as abbreviated because i recognize that it's like like could take years so <laughs> yeah how do we how do we what are the bullet points i'll, I'll, I'll try to yeah keep it as close to a, a business sure as i can I have, I have a business background so yeah i'll try so i i wrote 10 songs right and i have a full band so we pretty much got together and wrote down our business plan of how we wanted this business to operate which is we just got together and practiced the songs for six months. Mm -hmm. And then I guess you could say we launched by going into the studio and we recorded all 10 songs in two days. Okay. Um, Is that, is that magical? That feels like it'd be magical. It was one of the best weekends of my life. So my point of reference, and maybe you'll, maybe you'll know the reference, maybe you won't. Um, My favorite musician after you, of course, <laughs> of course, obviously, uh, is Glenn Hansard, Irish okay. folks, rock singer. Um, and his music has certainly evolved a lot over time. The o- only way most people broadly know him is, um, he made the film with Marquette Irglova called once back okay. in like, this is 2000, somewhere between 2006, 2010. I was in college. So mm-hmm. in those, in those eras. Yeah. Um, and it's about, uh, an Irish busker, which is not disconnected from his own life and journey and Mm -hmm. him finally getting the idea to like, yeah, I'm going to record these. And so he like picks up some other street buskers and, uh, Mark gets at your Glovis character who plays piano and brings her in. And then they just like get a studio for like, ah, night. Mm -hmm. And it's just music and it's mm-hmm. this beautiful musical montage of yeah. them playing the songs and yeah. all of that so i, I just it that's kind of what i felt think. as theatrical as that yeah yeah because we spent we spent months uh of preparing and uh focusing on every second of the song how we can make how can we make this feel more natural and how can we improve this and that and so you get into the studio and it's just kind of second nature at that point you, 
that's how I wanted it to go because you could do things the opposite way where you get into the studio with nothing planned and then it feels like you're wasting time and yeah. you're wasting money and it's I I prefer not to work like that so I want sure. to go in just already knowing these songs like the back of our hand yeah and, and you record and when you do that and again I don't know how much people know about this or how pertinent it is but I, I think I guess I'm trying to talk to maybe that there's like a 17 year old out there or a 45 year old out there who is just now picking up music and has this dream to one Mm -hmm. day follow in your footsteps, regardless of their age and background, but they're just getting started so that they have an idea of what's the path. What do I need to prepare? So when you go in and you record that, it's not like you're recording like one track, which is to say like all your voices, all of the audio, all of that is going Mm -hmm. on a single wave file on a computer, but rather you're recording like a lot of different things at one time Mm -hmm. in this kind of performance of the song. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And there's a bunch of ways to to go about it, but uh, that's how I wanted to to do it. So we, yeah, it's like pretty much just recording a room and Mm -hmm. we were playing a, a, a live show for you. Um, so after that, after that weekend, we took it back to Ty Robbins, his studio. Um, he's also here in Houston. And this whole album is, uh, every contributor is from Houston. So mm-hmm. I'm really proud of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and after that, we, we did overdubs, which is um, singing over the, the, rhythm, the rhythm that we recorded, um, horns mm-hmm. and strings. Um, and then from there... You have all of these files and you got to mix them. Mm-hmm. So mixing is like, you know, you don't want everything at 100% volume because then you can't hear the singer. Guitar is way too loud. The cymbal's crashing in the yeah. wrong place. And it's just awful. So you got to mix the volume so that maybe, you know, the the guitar is at 50% and the, vo- mm-hmm. the vocal is at 90%. And so that's part of the process. And then from there... You go, uh, get it mastered, which makes everything kind of just like, um, it's kind of like you have a, a cake and you're frosting a cake and it's that last like smooth over to make it just mm. everything even. Sure. So you make all the volume even, uh, make it radio, make it radio friendly. So mm-hmm. it, it's as loud as, um, you know, every as, other song yeah, out it's there. supposed to be. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to be in a playlist on Spotify and, all of a sudden, your song's really quiet. So people are having to turn up the radio. Or your song's yeah. really loud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's so loud. Turn it down. So there's, there's, there's that. And that's step one. And so now, <laughs> once you go through mastering, you've now got audio files that you're mm-hmm. like, okay, so now I have an album to some degree of that you could put on SoundCloud or Spotify. You could just be like, here it is. Yeah. But for your sake, again, this being a business yeah. and saying like, oh, but we do actually want to make some money obviously it's not your your judgment of the album is not necessarily based on how much it blows up or goes mm-hmm. viral because you're proud of the work that you've done and it's a creative endeavor but at the same time you've already put this much time into it you uh this is an interesting question so you have a band mm-hmm. how does your band get paid i think about this a lot when i see you guys i'll see on instagram y'all in a studio kind of either uh what seems like rehearsing or maybe yeah. you're performing or how that works. And I understand that maybe there's the gig economy is different, but I think specifically when, perf- when you've got uh, Ryan, right. Yeah. He's done a lot of your stuff. Uh-huh. S- 
what's his last name? Stuckman. Stuckman. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Stuckman. I follow him on Instagram, all that. So I, yeah. like, I'm like just stalking your whole band. <laughs> um, and, uh, but like he's obviously working on the album. So he's putting a lot of time in to yeah. learn the songs. For sure. Become proficient at the songs and do all that. How do, how do they how does their time compensated for all this? And yeah. it doesn't have to be amounts, but I'm just curious no, like, yeah. what the structure is here. Um, there, there is a, a way to really screw over creatives mm-hmm. in my position. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like doing that at all Yeah, because, uh, I value everyone's time obviously. And so part of it is just a love for what we're doing and yeah. a passion for, I believe in the sound. I believe, mm-hmm. Well, where we're headed, I want to see this grow. So there is a a, a bit of where Ryan or Theo Juarez mm-hmm. or my whole band, um, they put in. They're not they're not getting paid for every minute. Sure, but there is an agreed upon rate, like a project fee. Got it. Know? And you probably understand that for sure. Sure. Yeah. Like the beauty of work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just a project rate. Um, and there's also a bunch of ways to go about that yeah. as well. So to some degree, they're kind of contractors. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's not strangers on the street. It's not, hey, come in and play for three hours, and I'll pay this much for your time. Yeah. Though you certainly could, I'm sure, go that way and just yeah. find. You're like, I need a trumpet player. I don't know a trumpet player. He, yeah. Craigslist. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Whatever the equivalent of Craigslist is these days, um, to find a trumpet player to come in and play something. But it sounds like, obviously, they're bought into the vision and value mm-hmm. and maybe a, a, a rising tide, like, raises all boats kind of right situation yeah. where it's like yeah. if this whole does well that hopefully benefits everybody yeah exactly and i i could i i could just ask them for favors you mm-hmm. know like do me a favor and uh and and not pay them but i i just never feel comfortable with that yeah <laughs> like, for sure it's it doesn't i i've seen less drama by just paying just just saving the money and, and paying them for their time. Yeah. So so that's some of the investment when we talk about, okay, it's yeah. a good bit of money to like put an album, to birth this album. Also, as a new father, mm-hmm. how aware were you guys? This is where this is a, a hard left turn. <laughs> how 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 aware of you guys were the cost of having a child? Like just bringing a child into the world. Oh. Like, did you know at the like the medical bills were gonna be like, oh hey, by the way, yeah, knew that thing you brought a life? No. There's a lot of money that goes into this. No, I just ran out of an, another box of diapers. And I'm like, man, do I have to go back to Target? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I feel like I just bought what, what, like 150 diapers. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, we feel like, well, let's buy them in bulk because then they're cheaper per diaper. And then you're like, oh, this is $60 a week that I'm spending on diapers. Okay, so cool. Hundreds of dollars in diapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of medical bills. That was, I think, shocking to me. It was like, wait, what? I created, we created life and yeah. I owe you how much money? I think we paid off like uh, our second son's birth for two years. Like oh, it was like his second birthday, and we're like, we just paid off your birth. Welcome to the family. Oh my gosh. So, uh, with that analogy, just going yeah. back to birthing this album, that's one of the costs <laughs> mm-hmm. um, of making music. And it's like, well, musicians, and certainly I understand. I think there's that element of um, if you're all starting out and no one has any money. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, we all just need, we want to make music, and so you're in it. But obviously, mm-hmm. as you get further along, it's, hey, we all have jobs and responsibilities, and you're getting older, so your bills go up. So yeah, yeah, uh, and it's a little different because it's it's the Micah Edwards entity. We're mm-hmm. not like we're not a band, mm-hmm. so it's kind of it, it'd just be uncomfortable if I asked them. Yeah, of that, you know, it's it's my vision. They're helping me mm-hmm. carry out. 
Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Step one is paying musicians, paying the for the studio time, and then uh, the paying for the mixing. So, like the yeah. mixing and the mastering. Yeah. So that's a Every lot of song. tie and other mix people. Mixing master time is ten songs. Yeah. So e- each of those is a theme. Okay, so now we've got all the audio. So now we're back to we've got our files, our digital. Yes. What do they they come in? This is again wave wave files. Yeah, yeah. they're just wave files. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so they're wave files. And now you've got them. You've paid a lot of money for these ones and zeros mm-hmm. that are on a thumb thumb drive. Do y'all put them on CDs these days? What, how are they delivered? No. Just, no. Just, it's the, the cloud, cloud man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm stuck in 1998. <laughs> um, okay, and then we go from there. And uh, now you say, hey, I've got this album and I want to release it, but I also want it to get as much traction as possible and mm-hmm. set it up for success. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Like, hey, we want you to go to college. We want you to yeah. have a good education, whatever that, that analogy yeah. is for our, our <laughs> album child here. Um, so how do you then you go? Because uh, we talked, I made reference to it already, is you released a song uh, December 26th, this perfect Christmas song that's mm-hmm. still great. Um, yeah. is, is very great. It's a banger. Um, but you talked about having a great campaign to get that song out there. Mm-hmm. So with this album, what was the campaign of, okay, we've got wave files now, but we don't just want to like throw it on the internet and hope someone stumbles across it. We want to like set it up for success. What, where do we go from here? Yeah. So obviously branding was a huge part of it. Uh, cause this was the first, Texas soul introduction. So mm-hmm. what's nice about Texas soul is that everyone already has an idea of what it looks like and they have a, all I needed to do was just, um, confirm it for them. Sure. It was, it's like dusty, like yellow tones, mm-hmm. um, warm, inviting. Um, there's certainly a visual vocabulary for both of those ideas that you could kind of mesh together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, visuals was also important, um, especially for music, just the songs that have visuals backed by them just do so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I invested in a few music, few music videos. There's this really talented Disney animator out in Florida who did an animated music video for a song to mama. Um, but then that's that's honestly where I'm at right now currently is sure you're in the thick of that still yeah it's the is the the content part of it mm-hmm. I think I think I'm still trying to grow in that area for this project in particular which is great because there's still time like there's still mm-hmm. time to reach uh, more of an odd more audience and yeah uh, more listeners it's not like because I didn't do it in the first month it's too late um but I think we, I think what me and my team were most concerned about leading up to the release was that my fan base was picking up what I was putting down mm-hmm. as far as it was just a deep message. It was, sure. It was a lot to unpack. Um, and I feel like we succeeded there. So I'm, I'm very happy. I feel like the fans that I did have are just like the roots of just like grown like they they're they're just like firmly in the ground now yeah um because with the message of the album it's like you're either you're either with me or you're out like yeah and i feel like the 
Is with, there with some the of that? Sound. Like, are there some people that are like, nah, this, I'm, I'm not here for this. This isn't what I showed I, up for. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but the people that are presumably, with it yeah, are like really tell me. And I've, I've gotten some personal, really personal messages about how certain words have, have helped them process things. Mm. So that's just been really cool. I, I couldn't ask for any more than that. Like, yeah, I'd rather have those kinds of comments and not as many streams as I was hoping versus the, the opposite, the inverse, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can relate a little, uh-huh. I don't know that what I'm doing here is as maybe meaningful. Um, I hope that it is. I certainly do it because I enjoy these conversations and I feel like I get a lot of, um, I made matches or like Rusty Gates media matches. I've got mm-hmm. some for you. Mm. Um, and I just like released a Instagram story about like unboxing because I've seriously been waiting forever. It's not a quick turnaround unboxing. Like 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 matches? yeah. I'm gonna get look at that. Real great uh, audio content here. Y'all can just listen as he looks at matches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get some a little ASMR. <laughs> listen, um, these are cool. So I just made those, and I I am very very proud of them. I'm very excited about them, and they're for my media company, and uh, just trying to get creative on how I connect with people and, and, and kind of bring things. So I, I was very excited about these. I recorded a very earnest unboxing of just like me and like setting the camera there and be like, un- and my wife was standing in the doorway of my office, just rolling her eyes. And I was just ecstatic. Like uh, <laughs> I like lit one of the matches and the only thing that came to mind was a uh, castaway of like, I have made fire. <laughs> and I just, and I'm just, and so I've never had a story like Instagram story blow up like that. of just so many people responding and it started a lot of conversations of people um, just being very kind and generous with their perspective on my life and the things that I do in this podcast and the mm-hmm. media company and real estate and yada, yada, yada. And um, my hope is that in all of this that inspires them to be like, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. Like I'm not that special. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank, thank you. And my wife would be like, finally, somebody says it. Um, but I right, I think that it's uh, it, the differentiator is simply the the willingness to be like, oh, I want to make matches. Let's try it and yeah. see how it goes. And my hope is that this podcast inevitably just lets people take that step to follow and it still doesn't get phenomenal streams or downloads as a podcast would it's no npr show it's not Uh it's not serial it's it's not that and yet as we've released season three i've gotten so many text messages from people being like oh my gosh i'm so excited for season three like i'm all caught up people that i have utmost respect for that i go you listen to me (laughs) ramble on with a guest for an hour a week that's crazy maybe it's maybe it's half an hour because they put it on times two i don't know (laughs) um or i had a good friend who lives in colorado whenever i was supposed to i i made an kind of an intro episode to season three and it's just me rambling on the microphone and i Mm -hmm. thanked everybody who listened i was like oh i guess maybe there's some friends who listen um (laughs) like and just because they love me and they just and I got a <laughs> screenshot of that. And that was like late in the episode, a screenshot of the podcast, like cover and the player. And uh, my buddy Jesse texted me and was like, I, hey, just one of your 
distant friends that still keeps up with you. It's uh, awesome. And it just, yeah, it made my day of like, oh, come on. That's crazy that people find value in this thing. Um, even though I put a lot of time into it, mm-hmm. I've poured a yeah. lot of money into this. It's somehow still shocking that like, oh, but you still listen. Like, I know. Yeah. What it, is that? I don't know. I I imagine <laughs> I like, I, I'm worried it would come off as disingenuous of people like, no, of course we listen. Like, duh. You spend all that. But it's, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm gratefully not at a place of taking that for granted. Um, mm-hmm. Because it is, it's this thing of even with all of that, even with my background, even with the audience that I've built, even with the track record, because you could like release a song and probably again, you know, you have an audience and mm-hmm. a lot of them would be like, yeah, we're here. We're here for it. <laughs> yeah. Because you released it. That's enough. Um, but I don't know. I think it's still because you're releasing something that's vulnerable and maybe that's it is you're putting yourself out there yeah. and sometimes I'm still happy that my, or, and surprised that my wife likes me. <laughs> like, right. I think that's the thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, of course I know you're here and we did this whole vow thing and all of that. But also some days I'm like, really? Wow. Well, I think a little bit about it too, is that, I don't know. I get this vibe from you, but you would be doing this regardless of the response. If I could have the conversations for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't be sitting down with a microphone in my room by myself. Uh-huh. But if I could, if I could just bring all of this gear in order to sit on this couch and talk with you, and be like, I didn't press record on anything, yeah. and just trick people into talking to me oh that gosh. way, then yeah, I would do that yeah, for sure. I, I'm, that's how I'm with music. Like, I, I'm gonna even before I was releasing music, I was writing music anyway, yeah. and so it's just we just. I think that's why it throws us off like, oh, like that meant something to you because I was just doing it because I had to or else I would explode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, it's it's really it's neat and it's and it's an honor. And it's humbling. And yeah, with this album specifically, it's an answered prayer because I knew that these songs were were different and, and special uh, because they were so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I was just hoping that that they could be used in some way um, yeah. when people needed to hear the most. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it, man. It's, it's an album I'm super proud of. And, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a very real flex to be like, well, yeah, but I know him <laughs> and people come on and we play board games a lot, uh, which I know we've talked about before, but a, uh, it's on our dining room table. We play our games and the record player and the stereo is oh, in so that cool. room. And uh-huh. so while we're playing, I'll always put on an album and yours is, especially for people who haven't heard, I always like just put it on and then I wait and they go, Oh, who's this? And I go, Oh, let me tell you about, Oh, oh by the oh, way, this guy, this guy, Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it's, it's a, awesome. yeah, I, I, I love that. Um, <clears throat> I had an idea. I had a thought we were talking about the music. Oh, okay. So you talk about this, album and uh the content creation side of it and the fact that a song can kind of have this weird lifeline of a couple years from now one of these songs could blow up because it hits the cultural zeitgeist in a particular way and um so is is, like you're just kind of in that phase of like okay now as much as i can do to support these songs and get Mm -hmm. them out there and create content is there this inkling in the back where this obligation to be like well i gotta keep writing or are you just have a whole like you're like yeah i got a lot of ideas and i just gotta keep going where where are you with like other songs oh yeah so once we finished pretty much 
the pre-production, the practicing. I was already writing other songs. Yeah. That's just in my nature. Okay. I just I'm always it's it's to a fault sometimes too. It's like I'm thinking already six months, sure. a year down the road when I'm don't even have the album done yet. That's where I was earlier this year. Um But yeah, I mean, I think right now I'm focusing on how can I best keep getting the message across. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm already I already have several songs written that I'm I feel good about. So we'll just just kind of seeing where where it fits in in the future. Does it mean more singles? Does it mean an album? I'm not really sure. Okay. But so well time will tell. We're just yeah. kinda we're gonna figure it out to see. All I know is that I'm done for the year. <laughs> like Yeah. I'm I'm hanging out with my, my wife and son. Yeah. And like call me at New Year's. We'll see what happens. Well, and I think when you're making something like this, and I think in my case, the closest I can relate is the podcast. Um, it, it gives some insight into whenever I see movies and shows advertised for like two years from now, you're like, oh, coming in 20, spring mm-hmm. of 2024. You're like, why are you even telling me about it? Like, yeah. <laughs> to some degree, as a consumer, I go like, I, I don't the care. Netflix mentality. Yeah, it's it's come. It, you know, the Marvel thing of oh, it's coming. It's only you know 36 yeah. months away. Like this is not, I'm not that kind of fanboy. I'm not counting the days. You just let me know when it's out. Like maybe a week before, start showing me a lot of trailers. Maybe I'll get a matinee ticket. Yeah. And, but I think from our perspective, when I'm making this, I mean, I've been working on season three and thinking about season three since May, Mm -hmm. you know, to some degree, um, the way that it was going. Um, And then like, we're just now in September, one episode in mm-hmm. and now on a weekly basis of it so I, it, it's interesting that you go like yeah i'm done for the year but one you're not like not mm-hmm. doing stuff yeah you're just not intentionally like being like another album here it comes you're yeah. still going to be playing and making music and, yeah for sure um you're still you are still working on that side um, oh yeah but and then obviously you've got a lot of work to do with this album mm-hmm. um and then, okay, so what does it look like now to continue to sell and promote and all of that? What's the work look like at this point? Yeah, there, there's so much out there in the music industry that I haven't tapped into mm-hmm. yet. There's Sync, which is getting your music into film and mm-hmm. TV. Um, that's something I'm interested in. I was a pandemic artist, so I came up right before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I haven't, and then um, when COVID was, you know, I don't I won't say going away, but you know, um, that's when I decided to start putting my head down and working on the album. So I haven't really played any mm-hmm. live, live shows. So there's that side. The Robins haven't had a house show since yeah. forever. And they've, now they've got kids and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, like, it. it's like, well, okay. See you in 10 I know years. He's, he's working on that. Yeah. So one thing I am really proud of is that the the listeners and the following that I do have is has just been pretty DIY, pretty grassroots. Um, on Spotify, they have the editorial playlists and just mm-hmm. the uh, the normal playlists. And editorial is like the ones that Spotify puts out that has hundreds of thousands of yeah. followers. Um, I haven't. I've been. I've been on like five, which mm-hmm. is five more than I was. I had when I started, so I'm very thankful for that. But what's what's cool is that there there are avenues that I can that I am looking into to get more support there. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, all the playlists that Leon Bridges is on and, you know, cooking in your underwear playlist, things like that. <laughs> that does seem oddly, oddly appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. That's my vibe. <laughs> um, you know, pancakes. That's what I should have said on the back of the album. Whenever I gave a review, that's what I, should, I was like, this is perfect music for cooking in your underwear. <laughs> if only I'd had the words back then. Um, but yeah, there, there is support there that I'm not currently getting Yeah, that if I do get, then it would, it would, you know, take me to the moon, mm -hmm. l l just streaming wise and listening sure. wise. Um, but I think what I'm most focusing on is, is the content. And then also I just want to start playing shows, getting out there. Yeah. Um, well, and that's I've only ever played those, in Houston. Yeah. Building those relationships and, and yeah, I mean, so we, we've talked a lot about that of building relationships with your audience. We, in at least in the last interview we talked about so much of your perspective is it's better to have fans than it is to have listeners, mm -hmm. right? That you want, you'd rather have fewer people who are more invested in you and the music than just yeah. random people just kind of streaming it on the background and not connecting yeah. with it in any way. Yeah. Um, but so playing shows, I think makes a lot of sense because mm -hmm. that live uh, setting, you get a chance to obviously give context. So one of the things, one of the reasons why I love Glenn Hansard, uh, I've seen him live a number of times. Last year, my wife and I did like a 36-hour trip, flew to California, like Sacramento, rented a car, drove to Napa, Sonoma, like got one glass of wine somewhere, and then showed up and he had a concert at this music venue on a hill in a vineyard, Oof. and it was maybe 200 people, and he was, you know, from here to your fence, like, I mean, he was like 20, 30 feet away, and it was just him, totally stripped down. That's so cool. Right there. And rather, whether it's that kind of stripped down or this big show, he's constantly like he's a storyteller. So he's mm -hmm. constantly telling the story of why this song and who he wrote it with and who he wrote it for. And this person that meant a lot to him in his life and all of that. And that's that that color and that flavor that adds so much more to the music that yeah. it's like, oh, OK. So, yeah. Um, and that's just stuff that you can't do unless, you know, you're there. Yeah. Getting a chance to talk um, for real. And, and just, you know, selling, selling the vinyls is, has been a really cool thing. I, I didn't expect to sell 10. Sure. <laughs> but, but, uh, I've been running to the post office every week with all kinds of states and countries on the mailing label. Yeah. And it's really cool. It's, um, it's, I think it's fitting t for my music to be to have that like vinyl experience yeah oh yeah it it certainly fits the yeah. kind of retro vibe soul mm -hmm. cooking in your underwear like exactly. that it yeah it, it makes sense to have a <laughs> tangible thing to to play but I, I i'm always interested in the vinyl experience i mean like that's a big cost i assume like that there's like a certain minimum order that you've got to do and yeah all of that and it's definitely more expensive than um cds <laughs> those were the days this poor lady bless her heart she messaged me and she says i'm i'm old school so i don't stream but i'm not so old school that i don't that i do vinyls so do you have a cd that you can sell me i was like ma'am i'm i'm sorry it's like, yeah you are you are sol yeah yeah <laughs> it's 2022 and you're either hipster or your gen 
Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, um, where was it going with that? Oh, but it's yeah, vinyls yeah. these days take like uh, n- at least six months. Oof. From order to your door. That's rough. Uh, so see, that was one of those things to time then. Yeah. So you talk about those wave files that you get. Yeah. You can't. You're if just you want to do vinyls, you can't them. just. Yeah. It, there's a whole. There's a whole timing to it. So my vinyls came in. A month and a half after I released the album. Yeah. Which pre- I think I pre-ordered mine anyway. So I yeah. pre-ordered it upon release like of the, the album. And then I think yeah. I got a digital version. He, he was one of the earliest to pre-order. Thank he you is, so much. You're just. He's a super fan. That is, that's a fact. I was very. I was day one pre-orders. I know I'll I was. I'll show you the Shopify receipt. Um, but yeah, I think that that's. Again, yeah, you just got to think about like the elements of that um these matches i went all around to find somebody who could turn it around in a fast timeline and mm-hmm. i think it was six weeks <laughs> right yeah. and i was ecstatic about it. i was like only six weeks great yeah yeah um because it's just it's a whole thing um and, and so many things i i think the vinyl album thing is really cool and the wait time it's totally worth it but yeah mm-hmm. it's just one more element of like okay well we got to invest in this that's going to cost a lot of money have you broken even or made, is it, are you profitable? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think I need to sell like 20 more. 20 even. people. Listen, <laughs> I don't know what to call you people. You audience, Houston made, I need <laughs> Houston made onions, Houston madeites, um, <laughs> Houston made listeners. Uh, if you are here and you are a fan of mine and you want to support the show, <laughs> do it by going to buy <laughs> Micah Edwards album right now on vinyl. Uh, he needs it. He's got a wife and a kid and it's a great, great album. And uh, if you ask really nicely, maybe I can get it signed for you. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll get You're that. Too kind. I, yeah, man. Well, I just, I get it. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I made shirts for Houston made mm-hmm. at the end of last year, admittedly very bad timing on my part. I did get them made very quickly. Goose at Gooseworks hooked me up, found the exact shirt that I wanted, did all the screen printing, got it out really fast, which I was super pleased about. But I think I released mine for sale on December 16th, oh, <laughs> two weeks before Christmas. It was like, hey, guys, buy my shirt. Yeah. Everyone's um, like, we have no money. Yeah, we, it's no. It was like I was just at the worst time. We're I, spending money, but not on you. Not on this. This is not <laughs> what we're doing. And I did. I sold uh, maybe half of the sales orders came in before Christmas. And then the other half came in after the new year of people mm-hmm. who like maybe had some spending money now from Christmas or returns and bought it. And I maybe just broke even. Like, mm-hmm. it's, And then I think about all the time it took to like, I packaged all of those. I put the stickers in there. I did all of yeah. the things. And it was like, I think this is just a lost leader, right? Like, I mean, I'm so grateful and get still people send me a text. I was like, this is my favorite shirt, which is like, really? I know. <laughs> I was like, I love to you. Mow the lawn in you. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's just fine. I'm okay with that. Any, in any <laughs> circumstance. Um, but it, it is a, it, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm just like glad that it's out there. Mm-hmm. I, like the matches, the shirt, like it's just like, I don't know. just, creating stuff putting it onto the world adding color to the world to some degree yeah yeah i did that with i did some sweat sweaters for my christmas song yeah a couple years ago i put so much work into it design all this stuff i sold two no i'm never doing merch again 
Do you have? But more, that was a lesson learned. Do you have more sweaters? Do you have? Is there a stockpile of sweaters? Oh yeah, somewhere? in my closet, right behind this wall. I'll buy a sweater. No, I will pay you to take a sweater. <laughs> I've certainly felt that way before. <laughs> no, please just just take the sweater. Just like uh, one less sweater means one less notch of shame. <laughs> yeah, it's the merch thing is really weird. It's just a strange because I was going to ask. I was like, outside of the album, if you had done other merch or anything like that. Yeah, I mean that taught me a lesson that I was like, man, you know what? I wouldn't wear that sweater. Uh-huh. that's the thing yeah that's a that's a that's a real big thing it's a, yeah it's a question you gotta ask yourself i feel like you gotta ask your, yourself with with anything that you do if you're a business owner mm-hmm. would i eat this would i like value this experience would i listen to this yeah um but since so the next shirt i made i i, w- I wear it all the time yes and it's sold like hotcakes so. yeah okay there's a lesson. That's a great lesson because uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that would have issues to be like, well, you can't just make for yourself. But I would say if you're at our stage and you're only making one thing a year, a couple things a year, make for yourself because mm-hmm. you might be stuck with a lot of them. Yeah. So in that yeah. case, just do yourself a favor. If you're going to have 26 of a shirt, make sure it's a shirt that you like yeah. uh, that you're going to want to wear. Uh, but you said you designed that, uh, that, I mean, we talked about just briefly, like the cover art and the, the look of Jean Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, did you design that? How did the, how did the cover art come about? No. So that was one thing I did contract out because I knew it had to be like, I, I, I knew the sound that I was creating and I also visually in my mind knew the look that had to match, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was gonna be difficult to do myself, so I found uh, a very talented graphic designer, Bryce Reyes, out in California, and we had this really awesome just mood board back and forth Zoom calls, and he put together the Texas Soul look, um, and then he naturally did the cover art. But the the photo, there's a song on the album called She Will, mm-hmm. and this photo was taken three no almost three years ago for she will it was gonna be a single mm-hmm. not related to the album at all and then i shelved that song because i didn't like it i wasn't i didn't like i didn't i didn't like our approach and then fast forward to a year or so later and i thought you know what she will might have a, a place on the album and then i was looking f- i was just you know concept conceptualizing the cover yeah. and i found this photo of my wife uh that was taken for she will and I just fell in love with it because for the listeners, it's it was in our bedroom, but we turned off all the lights and opened the window. We cracked open the blinds at sunset. And so you have these, you have the sun peeking through the blinds in this dark room. So uh, really contrasted with a black background. My wife's wearing a white shirt, a white blouse, and she, she's holding um, this bouquet of flowers in front of her face in the the lights kind of just um, kind of shedding hope on the situation, which I looked at it. I said, this is perfect. Not only is it my wife, but it could be Jean Leon also Mm -hmm. for someone who doesn't know me at all, but also just symbolically it's, she's stepping out of the darkness into this 
into this light. Um, and I just, I, I love, that's one of my favorite things. I the no, whole project. I, I, I wholeheartedly love your uh, explanation and kind of interpretation of that. It's also worth noting that for anybody who hasn't seen the cover art one, go find it. It's great. Um, but yeah, he did a great job specifically the, like bouquet of flowers is not like a Kroger bouquet of daisies. <laughs> just right. <laughs> just like as yeah. we're describing this, cause, uh, for our purely audio, uh, <laughs> listeners, it's, um, I think it's almost this like thistle flower. Uh, it's, it's dried baby's breath, I believe, from our wedding. Sense. Whoa. Oh, yeah. come on. Layers like, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then uh, this is great audio podcast content now as we <laughs> as we stare at a, an album art cover. But I think the um, what's really beautifully done is obviously you have these flowers around your name, which that's pretty kind of iconic to you. I think mm-hmm. I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. But then the dot work, I think, very much mimics the baby's breath of yeah. like there's just a certain that already has like a Delicacy. dot a dot like feature to it and then you have all of these this borders that are not solid lines but rather dotted lines and yeah uh, i think that that just a, is a real interesting mimic a mimicry or reflection of the image itself which kind of ties it all together mm-hmm. so. and it adds that um that western mm-hmm. yeah, vibe the bratted it's very like the of, like yeah. the the rhinestone jacket mm-hmm. type yes. vibe yeah it's all it's all really good uh thank you so on the business side of things i would just be be fascinated you don't have to answer this question but i how much money do you think you've poured into this project so far just ballpark i like my guess is like it's gotta be tens of thousands like my guess would be like i don't know twenty thousand sixty thousand somewhere like it's a big range but i would say 40 yeah, see, I average. Law of averages, shoot wide. Yeah, that's in the middle. Crazy, and I mean, once you have walked us through that whole process, I think this is probably the most in depth we've obviously gone through the whole thing. Yeah, but uh, one, let's just recognize one. You have been doing this for a while, and you have mm-hmm. already had a little bit of success here and there. Moments got real big, mm-hmm. and that's helped. Also, I know. The last time we talked, you were actually in the office of your day job. Yeah, and then based yeah. on a comment you made right before we started recording, do you still have a day job? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I I woke up early and worked this morning so we could do this. Do you... Uh, well, so one, I think that it's important to state because from my perspective, and I think from many perspectives, like, yeah, well, you've made it. I know that like in your mind, there's a lot of goals that you want to accomplish yeah. so much that you want to do in the music space and dreams, unrealized dreams. But um, if I were to have a vinyl <laughs> album of my own music, I would be like, that's it. I'm done. I know. <laughs> like goals. I, I've arrived. Uh, yeah. And uh, and it, so I think that it can easily be glamorized to be like, oh, well, I put $40,000 onto an into an album and now it's got vinyl albums. He's playing here and playing there and he's got his music. has got this many hundreds of thousands and million no no millions of streams oh yeah yeah. cumulative millions of streams um and yet you're also it's like yeah but i also like work (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that you can pour all of that money into these projects yeah yeah no this it's a huge milestone man it's i you know part of me doesn't want to say this but if i were to have to give it up for any reason sure i'd be i'd be proud of it i'd be so i'd be i'd be so proud of yeah i wouldn't feel like 
I didn't get my chance to do something. Mm -hmm. And I owe that a lot to my wife, to God. Yeah. You know. Um, but I, I do have a very, very uh, measurable goal that I want with music. And it has nothing to do with the music. It has everything to do with uh, just our family's goals, our mm -hmm. family's values. And, and until we get there, I, once we get there, then I'll say I've made it in music. Yeah. It's it's where I can support the whole family with just music. Yeah. No day job. No, my my wife's a teacher. None of that. Mm -hmm. She can raise our our children. Yeah. So do what she wants to do. Like whatever. That's the measurable. Yeah. Uh, well, and, smart goal. And I even in that I know that that's obviously uh, that's a one side of your brain which is saying mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm I have responsibilities here and I have to I want to do that and I would much rather do that with these passions and mm -hmm. joy than anything else. <clears throat> but at the same time, even if you get to that point, you're not putting down. I mean, obviously at that point you're really committed. <laughs> I guess that's right. the whole thing is like, well, you got to keep doing it. But yeah. even if you did have, I guess what I'm saying is even if you did have a song that got so big that you were set for life from one song, mm -hmm. you would still be making music. Like yeah. I, I think just knowing you and how your journey and how long it, it the fire has been in your bones to just get words out and you being stuck in your feels and be like, the only way I'm getting out is yeah. by putting these notes into a specific order. For sure. Uh, is that even if you arrive at that, like it's like, well, yeah, but there's more. Mm -hmm. um, I, one of the things that we had said in the last interview is this idea of um, you think you kind of know what you want to do. But then like life pivots and it kind of evolves and it shapes and it it changes. Um, and I, that's certainly been true in my world. I mean, I started out as a pastor from mm -hmm. like being a child, being like, I'm going to be a pastor. That's what I want to do. And I got to do that and loved doing it. Mm -hmm. And then God brought me to Houston and that was like a whole thing in and of itself. And now here I am with a podcast and <laughs> real estate business and media company and all, yeah. all, of, all of this stuff. Uh, and it's certainly not where I, I thought I would be, but, um, yeah, I wonder how that hits you now on pivoting and if you, if it's evolved, is, is it surprising to you? Mm -hmm. Uh, does it feel like there's a new pivot coming or is it just like, yeah, we're just going to keep going with all this stuff? <laughs> well, I have a, I have a three month old son. Sure. So I've learned how to pivot every minute of the day. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm just uh, Mr. Pivot, Mr. Texas Pivot at this point. <laughs> um, but I think it's I think it's the same. My, my my manager Travis George up in he's up in Brooklyn. Uh, before any of this Texas Soul stuff, he he really helped me figure out. Just um, he helped me put on paper what I care about mm. and how does music fit into that? Because I don't find my identity in music. I find my identity first in my faith. And then second, as a husband and a father. So mm -hmm. once you know that, once you solidify that for yourself, I feel like everything else kind of, uh, the, the choices are easier to make. Mm -hmm. it, like, okay, this opportunity came up in music. How does that affect my identity? How does mm -hmm. that affect, you know, my faith and my family? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I feel like I have, sometimes I feel like I have two lacks of a, of a battle plan. Sure. And I think that's because I'm just juggling a lot of things right now. But, yeah. But 
that's just where I'm at. Where I'm at is just uh, just kind of leaving it up to uh, to to fate, I guess. And yeah. It's, but still doing everything with excellence. Yeah. Because um, there's no there's no rush. I, I don't. I'm not on a label, so I, that's the beauty of being independent is mm. is that I can just kind of do everything on on my time. Yeah. When it makes most sense for me professionally and personally. Yeah. I, I love that. I love the, the finding your, finding your worth and your value outside of your work. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. it helps when you're like, Oh yeah, no, but like I make music and it's working like that. <laughs> I'm sure to some degree it's that can help get through a day, a hard day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always, again, it goes, I'm yeah. No, when these people reach out and message me, about, message me about the podcast, it's like, yeah, thank you. That felt, that felt great. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. But I too, and I don't think you have to have a family um, to find this. I think it can right. be in a community. Yeah. It can be in friends. It can be in a cause. It can be there's. I think there's a lot of things that can provide that same kind of guidance and meaning. Faith of. I mean, I think is can play a really big part. And I know you and I kind of share a lot of that. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think on those hardest days, having that to where yeah. you go, actually, I could bail. Right. Yeah. I could just not, and yeah. I could finish the responsibilities that I have and I could go do something else, at least for my little Enneagram seven heart that if <laughs> gets so afraid of being pinned down in something painful and difficult for too long, just knowing that they're like, that the door's unlocked helps to be like, Oh, you know what though? Like at the end of the day, I get to hang out with my kids and I, yeah, they're my favorite people. I would forsake all of you guys not heartbeat to be like no Mm -hmm. i'm done with all of you if it means i get to hang out with them uh because that's so much more fulfilling and satisfying um and i think instead of just chasing this to chase this it's i do this because it allows me to -hmm. hang out with them Mm -hmm. and have the freedom and the flexibility to do all that but i think figuring out what matters really yeah you're so you're so right you don't have to it doesn't have to be faith or family but it's just that concept of finding your worth in something other than your output. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Cause it, it's just, it just is draining. Yeah. If it's, if you, if your worth is in your output. Yeah. I, I mean, I have just, I mean, obviously I have a lot of these conversations and, um, one of the guests we had even on this season sent me just a really, really encouraging text message after our interview. And, um, it was just about, the interview and the conversation giving them a, a renewed passion for what they do. And, mm-hmm. and I think a part of that is just because I get to come to be a part. I feel like I get to step into y'all's world just a little bit as the host of this mm-hmm. show um, and literally. see what's, yeah, literally <laughs> I'm in your world. This is yeah, in your cut and, and see what's so cool about it and point out because I'm seeing it with new eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like, that's amazing. I love that. How did you do that? That's brilliant. And uh, I think, to some degree, if I, trying to say this as humbly as possible, but I think that to some degree that's a, it's a real gifting of mine. I think mm-hmm. the way that I'm wired for enthusiasm can yeah. be a gift for people who've just, well, yeah, I've been grinding this out for 16 years. So from their perspective, it just feels like yeah. old hat. It's just all they see is the problems and the issues and the stressors. And sometimes just me coming in and pointing out and calling out those things can be a big deal. Um, but I think that it's a, it's a real gift to get to come in and point in. But all of that was to say that I have a lot of these conversations and I have talked with both on the show and also just friends who are entrepreneurs who feel the struggle 
of the grind yeah. of and um especially when it's not going well and, yeah. and and their identity is so much tied up to it especially when you're an entrepreneur slash very specifically a solopreneur mm-hmm. where everything is just you and you're putting all of you into this project and yeah. it's not going well it's not being received well it is really hard mm-hmm. if you don't have somebody else outside of you saying like hey you matter more than just <laughs> yeah. this just because this is not going well or being accepted well doesn't mean that you are not accepted and loved so listen yeah, just, y'all just, just know you're accepted and loved we love you me and Micah love you yeah <laughs> we got a lot of joy for you <laughs> um well man I, I think we're getting close to an hour or beyond it so uh <laughs> i'm just be like well i'm just gonna keep here hanging out and talking um gene leon the album is out and a bunch of listeners are going to buy a vinyl album um <laughs> you should probably consider buying a cd drive uh, mm-hmm. just yes. so, so that you can we can burn some cds you should make cds and charge as much for the vinyl album because you're gonna oh, have to pay genius. for uh, <laughs> find me on napster and limewire Frostwire. Uh, I do think that we brought up torrenting songs last time. I, like. I think so too. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's torrenting anything anymore. Uh, <laughs> if they are, maybe that's a compliment. I know. <laughs> if I'm on some torrent site, <laughs> that's a compliment. Thanks, thanks guys. <laughs> um, well, man, uh, any any way that anybody, I mean, how else can people support you other than buying the album? Uh yeah, just go to mrtexasoul.com. Uh, look around, see what you like. Give me a follow if you like what you see. And uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming over, Rusty. I I never want these interviews to end. <laughs> I, I Yeah, here, here. So. Uh, well, man, I, yeah, I have so much love for you uh, beyond even beyond your music. Mm. Right. Yeah. You're, I think you're a great guy, even without the music. Oh, I'm, I'm grateful that you do it. But I would I think we could sit here and just talk about anything. But uh, yeah. we'll push people your way. Thanks, man. A huge thank you to Micah and to you for listening to this episode of Houston Made. You know, we talk a lot about this album, Gene Leon, and I believe that you are going to love it. And I'm prepared to put my money where my mouth is. So I'm going to buy three Gene Leon vinyl albums for Micah and I'm going to ship them to three listeners who joined the text community this week. Then Micah and I will announce them on Instagram Live and notify you via the text line. So go join the text community by texting the letters HTX to the phone number 844-714-0275. In the meantime, go find Micah on Instagram at Mr. Texas Soul, all one word, and go stream, buy, and download his new album, Gene Leon, on Spotify, Apple Music, or even YouTube Music. If this is your first time tuning in, we have interviews available with entrepreneurs from all kinds of backgrounds, including college planners, simple syrup makers, and screen printers. If you're interested in connecting further, you can find me on Instagram at Rusty J. Gates or the show at Houston Made Podcast. Houston Made is hosted by me, Rusty Gates, scheduled, coordinated, and edited in collaboration with Megan Holstein. Special thanks goes to Luke Bronner with Milieu Media for continued support of the show and Matt Grind Creative for collaboration on our artwork. 
Credit for our theme music goes to old friends, new friends. And Houston Made is glad to be a part of the Milieu Media neighborhood of podcasts and storytellers. We are people who care deeply about human connection. And in our neighborhood, we find that connection by hearing and appreciating one another's stories. To find more shows made by amazing storytellers from all kinds of backgrounds, visit milieumedia.com.